are listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys. Over here, on my right, we've got... Scott Gershon. Bobby Summerfield. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hi. Next to him, we've got Diego Stocco. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? Good to see you. Good Next to him, you, we've got Brandon Birdsign. What's up, Mike? Uh, not much. Brandon's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you. <laughs> I don't want to leave you hanging there, buddy. And next to him, we've got Mr. Nick Peck. Hello, Mike. Hello, gentlemen. Nick, you're always so up. You're I'm always... so happy to be here, Mike. <laughs> always so uh, happy. It's actually a very cloudy person. It's just, right. This is the persona <laughs> for the podcast. Normally, I'm really depressed. That's right. Normally, I'm Eeyore. But today, I'm Tigger bouncing around. <laughs> he would have been great up with people. <laughs> and finally, over here to my left, we've got the one and only Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast, Mr. Rob Arbiter. Hello, everyone. Am I live or am I Skype? You are alive, Rob. Cool, awesome. Always, Somebody touch him and see if it works. <laughs> yeah. It's always, Ooh, it's always good to see you here in person. It's good to be here in person. Because it's really depressing when I'm watching you on Skype and you're slowly falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still it's on like, East Coast time, so I will be falling asleep, <laughs> right. but I'll be doing it so, in your presence. I know, but that's just kind of depressing. You're like, wow, we boring him? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Anyhow. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> This is show number 154, guys. 154. Yes. And how many shows has Rob missed? Zero. Zero. Sort of. (laughs) We are halfway to 308. That's That's our big goal, right? (laughs) That's right. Maybe not. Uh, Anyhow, uh, it's good to see everybody. Um, I know Bobby Osinski is uh, in the studio. He would like to have been with us today. And um, I know Bobby Summerfield was going to be here, but Mm -hmm. he's also working late. Mm -hmm. Um, Martin had to tend to one of his uh, his cats that's not doing good. Mm -hmm. And... um, yeah, so anyhow, it's good to have everybody here. we got a lot to talk about, um, and we'll just start right off at the, the top. Um, I think everybody here, almost everybody here, went to AES, and I just want to quickly get an overview. What did you guys think of AES? I thought AES in L.A. was great. I was really worried that it was going to be, you know, just the death knell for <laughs> AES itself, you know, and it ended up being, you know, there was a lot of excitement and mm-hmm. some really cool gear. Really quick, what did you guys think, Scott? <laughs> no, no, it was great. There was a lot of people and, and I thought it was well attended. Now you can ask me what I thought of, like, what devices were good, cool. You know, I, I've been on a big... Oh, we'll s- talk about that. Oh, okay. No, I think it was great. I think it was great. I, I, I'd say I saw a lot of friends. Right. Um, you know, what I love about AES, even a little different than NAM, is that uh, it is a great chance to meet people that sometimes I never meet other than trade shows. Right. And, uh, and it, you know, it took me uh, six hours to eight hours to go towards uh, five, you know, aisles. <laughs> so it was a very slow yeah. <laughs> walk. But it was great. And I get a chance to talk to uh, all the manufacturers and all the cool things that they're doing. Um, Nick, what did you think of the AES? Really quick, we'll get into the gear after this. Yeah, but. I, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I thought it was small. I thought that the exhibit hall was smaller than previous AESs that I've been to. Certainly, I think back to some New York AESs of years past, in which the exhibit hall felt like it was double that size. Yeah, that's true. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought there was a surprising lack of software. A tremendous amount of emphasis on you know. 
analog hardware, which is great, as I'm a big analog hardware maven, but I'm really interested in seeing what people are doing on the software side as well, and I didn't see as much of that as I, I think that, you know, Speaking to people, I think the cost to attend as yeah. an exhibitor mm. prohibits... Mm. You know. Especially for software. I think one thing that this show showed me is, you know what? AES needs to be in L.A. and needs to be in New York. I hate to be so, you know, anti-San Francisco. But, um, but really, if you look at, I mean, just just the audio scene in L.A. is just ten times what it is in San Francisco. Yeah, mean, I agree. Not- I, I did the AES. I was demoing there, and I remember seeing less people than the amount of people I saw this AAS in Los Angeles. Yeah, and most of the people that you do see in AAS San Francisco are coming from L.A. anyhow. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just thought it kept the excitement. That's why, even though the show was smaller, it was exciting, and there was just a, a, a really good buzz about it. I'm surprised there's not an AAS in Nashville. Because that seems to be where a lot of the industry has moved to, the record business. And you know, you've got New York, which has you know, got something going on, and L.A.'s got... You know, San Francisco has got something going on, but it seems like the two big hubs, and maybe it's just my perception, seems to be L.A. for a lot of the post-production film and right. all those sorts of things, and then big records in Nashville. Yeah, I can see that. Although in New York, you still got you got the mix of both um, post and right. But when, when, when you think of it, I would think of San Francisco and New York being similar. And L.A. and Nashville being similar, based on the amount of studios, the amount of business, the amount of product that those two cities are producing, and San Francisco. I mean, there's still a lot of great stuff in San Francisco and in New don't, York. Don't say the Giants, okay? <laughs> the Giants, who, as I left, were down nine to nothing. Yes, go Giants! All right, welcome to football footcast. Right. Well, baseball. Not, this not, is the end of the baseball. world series. <laughs> now that we got an overview of oh, uh, yeah. of AES, let's talk about some gear at AES. I, you know, I was with you that there wasn't a lot of software there, um, but it was really cool to see some hardware, and it's cool to actually get out there and see you know microphones and things like that. I'm still in love with the uh, 100 kilohertz uh, Sankin. Sankin. I just yeah. love that mic. I, you know what? I haven't bought one yet, but I'm some, one of these days I'm going to. Yeah, I, I, to, I, I, I agree with you. I, I told them I'm going to buy one. <laughs> so I've, I've already got, I'm committed. Yeah, I, that's, that's the next microphone I buy. It's just, when am I going to buy that microphone? What does that Wait, one run? Well, you know, about 3,000? 3,000. I think. Um, what kind of microphone is it for it's those an Omni. who didn't see it? It's an Omni Forge, but what's interesting about because I'm a microphone freak, um, a Sankin usually has a roll-off on the bottom, so it doesn't have any kind of um, noise because a lot of times they think of it for broadcasts like dialogue, mm-hmm. so you don't want that low-end extension. But in this one, also because it's also Omni, it's pretty flat all the way down because that was one of my concerns. I, I only own three Sankins, so this would be number four, but it does something unique. It's an Omni. It's a very long mic, but it's very, very quiet, and the sample rates go very high. The other mic that I'm, since we're talking about mics, is AEA has a new uh, ribbon mic that seems to be very impressive. They have two of them, actually. And some of them do very high SPL. Um, and it looks, uh, it's a very thin mic. So, uh, But the it, highest sample rate that you would use with that is still 192 kilohertz? Or do you have something? Are you something? talking about for the second? Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's 96. I mean, a lot of times why people buy this mic mm-hmm. is because they want to be able to pitch things down. Right, right. And, and that's the concept. Mm-hmm. The question is, what's better, 192 and 96? 
it's worth a discussion. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. I I tried both approaches, and uh, you know, sometimes things. It's not even a matter of pitching them down. It's more like transposing the tra- the um, uh, you know the, the harmonics. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of things that you can do, but I, I would definitely think of spending that kind of money for a microphone that gives me something extra when I pitch stuff down a lot, like four yes. or five octaves. Right down. I may do everything at ninety six. And occasionally I do it at 192. 192 with plugins tends to be a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. And 96 yeah. seems to be easy. Yeah, I used to do that, but I actually uh, put an, an extra step in between. After I did the big transposition, I put them into a 96 kilohertz session. Mm-hmm. You know, after I've done the, the huge, because uh, there's no way, it's like trying to work at 5K, 4K right. with video. So you record at 192, yeah. then you drop it in yeah, octaves. Yeah, you just do one step. No, you, you do import. like four or five uh, octaves down. And then you take it inside a 96 kilohertz session because you don't need to have the full power available when you, you know. I mean, I hear a big difference between 96 and 48. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. To me, it's not subtle. Yeah. The 192, I hear a difference, but I'm not sure the difference is better. I don't know. I mean, I kind of don't like all those bad sounds that I get. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you get because one tone a, that's way really up there. There really isn't much outside. up there. I mean, it's a lot of imagination. I know I like to believe that there's a lot going on up there, but... You know, when you go up to 96 kilohertz, you're already capturing a lot. You know? well, I'll tell you what, we'll continue this yeah. because uh, we're going to talk about microphones and mic yeah. technique on the second half. So I'm not trying to cut you off. No, but I was just going to say, one, I am cutting you off. One last thing that <laughs> separates, though. You're yeah. cut off. 9632. Floating point. Yes. Ah. And, and we'll yeah. talk about that because that's, okay. that's pretty awesome. But really quick, anybody have any really great gear? Because I have something I well, want to talk I, about. I was uh, interested in seeing the RO technology, the RO 3D. Yeah. Right. Because I liked yeah. Surround. You know, that's the, I did stuff with DTS. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. They showed me a microphone configuration that I I wasn't exactly sure <laughs> why it was so damn high. And then the guy tried to explain me the thing. And I said, okay, yeah, great. But I would do it differently. Uh, but anyway, it's another surround technology out there. Like uh, Atmos, yeah, it's competing with Atmos. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's good to see that because in the future, you know, with the Oculus Rift uh, and other things, I would expect to see more happening with surround sound. Uh, I don't know if you guys are seeing more activity in that sense or if you're getting ready to do more in that. Well, you already do, Scott. Yeah, I've, done, I've done three Atmos projects, but what's more interesting is Dolby is now releasing a whole bunch of consumer Atmos products. Right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a, a, an Atmos soundbar oh, I or I just got finished remastering uh, Pacific Rim mm. um, in Home Atmos. In, in Home Atmos. <laughs> um, and. Uh, Boo. Uh, it's Halloween, so I gotta say boo, you know? Um, in, in home Atmos. And um, what that's called is 7 1 plus 4. Mm. So the 4 and what is. is the plus 4? Uh, four, four ceilings. Oh, four ceilings. So instead of having unique sides, object based sides, right. it's 7 1, figuring most people aren't going to have two or three side speakers. They'll right. have one. And then they have the four ceiling speakers. Mm. Uh, theoretically, two in front. Two and back for those people that have a big enough living room to put the couch in the middle. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it sounds amazing. Yeah. So. I'll tell you what I was really impressed with, and we do a fair amount of bashing of these this company. So uh, when they come up with something really cool, the uh, S3 from Avid. 
I just thought that was phenomenal. The little mini controller. Mm. Their five thousand dollar new mouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, it's better than the hundred thousand dollar. Better than the hundred thousand dollar. Just the the way it integrates into um, the Pro Tools workflow is just phenomenal. It's priced right at the yeah. at a great price point at five grand. I, I don't think you know. I don't think it would have been. Um, days gone by, you could have easily seen them price that at nine grand. The fact that they put it at five grand, and look, it's a really good companion to your analog gear. You know, if you want to do all your summing, you want to do all your processing on analog, and you still want to maintain, you know, your uh, automation with your uh, the moving faders and everything that you can do. And plus, some of the stuff that it does, um, just the fact that you can identify the channels because it. Changes colors. They have little color yeah. strips and stuff like that. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And I, I was, I spent some time. I looked at the the demo, and that man, that is an amazing little box. You, you know, you compare that. You put that with a API box, and really, you've got a world class setup and a micro. And you know, setup. it's also Yukon. So you can put any of the artist series and combine it. Yeah. So you can put the transport control. You can put the the panner control or use an iPad right for panning and stuff so it is an interesting solution i just thought that was brilliant i thought you know just for the price point you're going to see a lot of small little bays pop up and that's going to be their controller and you're going to, and you're going to, they're going to sell a ton of those things um, anybody else um, see anything over at uh, AES that you want to talk about did you see the fender speakers that that looked like the uh, yeah, that looked like the um, the guitars. No, not. Oh, that, that was Gibson. 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 Oh, Gibson. Oh, Gibson. Gibson. Sunbursts. Yeah, speakers. the Sunburst yeah, speakers. Yeah. Did you guys saw the? Did you guys see the the the, the, the Monk modular? Yeah. They yeah, made yeah. five of the. You know, I read it on Synthopia today or somewhere else. They go for hundred and fifty k. What? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yes. Yes. They wow. they sold four of them already, and they said that the fifth was already in in discussion. I wow. mean, it's it's a beautiful synth, beautiful, but man, is it full size or modular? No, or like, the, the actual it's big. They yeah. they did a replica of the Keith Emerson uh, oh, modular. Wow. That's a big one. Uh, with all the craziness going on, the even the preset system at the bottom. And how much was it? I I hope I I read it wrong, but I, I, I read one hundred and fifty k. Wow. But for 150k, it includes an extra beat-up Hammond L100 organ. <laughs> yes, with a knife. He comes over and stabs an organ. <laughs> and it comes with Rob's Yamaha mixer. <laughs> but you, you got to you got to buy the patch cables separately. But that's an exciting <laughs> issue. I mean, just playing with the modular, it's still, in my opinion, a great uh, great experience. The yeah. amount of stuff that you can do with it. And there were a lot of monitors that came out that were cool. I mean, I know barefoot. So I saw those. Yeah, they were yeah. right in front of the Moog. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Because I, I, I'm now a new owner of Barefoot Speakers, so of course they came out with another set of speakers. Yeah. But uh, they did. Of course they did. Oh, a <laughs> little bit cheaper. A little bit, you know. Bastards. Rob, did you see anything, Rob, that you liked? I mean, I know you were there, and uh, I was there for a couple of days. You know, it was I. I was mainly there to meet with a bunch of people who would be captive in one place, and that worked out great. I actually checked off every single person on my list that I wanted to see, but. Equipment-wise, I mean, there are converters you're about to talk about that I thought were cool. Uh, not that much really got me all that excited, actually. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, when I leave a trade show, I, I like feeling like, okay, that thing I saw, I got to have that. I cannot continue to have my studio without that. I really didn't feel that about anything there. 
What was the name Sorry. of that? You know what? I'm racking my brain right now to figure out the name of those converters that... Uh, oh. oh, that were in the Plus 24 booth? Exactly. Oh, I thought that's all you were going to be talking no, about. No, I was going to. And I'm like... And all of a sudden, I just... My brain went like... Uh, well, I can see the brochure in my mind. I know, me too. <laughs> you, you can look it up. And then this, I know, this could be an edit or not, but you can look up <laughs> look up plus twenty four and see what converters they they distribute because that's who, mm. that's who handles them. I know that um, uh, Millennium came out with a battery powered mic freeze. That's right. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait! Really? Yes, Dad. Huh. So for location, guys, I didn't see that. I, I was yeah. just. I was they, talking to a friend telling him about the four channels. That's right. Uh, yeah, they came over to me and said, he, he said, I finally built it for you. I know you've been bugging me because I've been bugging forever. Mm. And they've got these like little location uh, mm. broadcasts. Wonderful, wonderful. Also, in the back of the Millennium Mic Prees now, there's a whole new uh, digital audio format that uses Ethernet, uses Cat5 oh, cables yeah, Dante. to be able to say, yeah, yeah. Dante. That's unbelievable. Yeah, for, uh, there's a company. Yeah, uh, the end of Maddie, man. Jesus. There's a company called... Uh, uh, ESI yeah. from Germany. Right, they're good friends of mine. Yeah, right. And they are developing a lot of products with that protocol. They, they they were presenting a new interface. Right, a new audio interface that basically, yeah, uses Ethernet, and uh, you can uh, have different Ethernet ports around the studio or the house, and then you just take this thing. Uh, you can you can reroute everything through everything. I saw a lot of. It's I very saw, powerful. I saw Dante. Popping up and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all these products, yeah, yeah. and I was thinking, what the heck is Dante? Yeah, it's a format yeah. that I, I started is, yeah. hearing about it a year ago because right. these friends of mine from AZI started telling me, Diego, you will see this Dante thing will be all over the place, and yeah. now it's yeah. so it's, cool. It's, yeah, I, I'm John, doing. No, sorry, I was going to say John Legrue had like you know Dante boxes on the back of his new Millennia things, you know, eight channels at 96k, 24, really high quality yeah. A to D and D to uh, you know and D to A over cheap Ethernet cables. So yeah, you when you see the specs, uh, I mean, there's yeah. no, awesome. uh, it's forget Thunderbolt yeah. or yeah, the yeah. costs and the costs of awesome. Thunderbolt. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm doing this. Uh, I can't talk too much. I'll talk about it in a future podcast. But I'm doing this massive theme park, and I need to be able to get to the show control system, and. Uh, I was saying, okay, I need to get Ethernet runs. I need to figure out how we're going to do the workstations, how we're going to put this together. And then I spoke to the uh, uh, hardware guys, and he goes, I'm just going to give you a Dante box. I'm like, really? <laughs> it just solved yeah. all my problems. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and, and he yeah. goes, yeah, I've got 32 channels. You can tap into it. And just bring your Pro Tools, put it right in the middle of the theater. Yeah, that's the same channel. And then just tap into it, and you're up. And the same and signal can be split into multiple yeah, copies. Yeah. And, 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 and the show it's control system is exactly. like 100 yards away. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Maddie is done. You know what? They're doing some amazing stuff with audio, too. I, I went to one of the production trucks that they had in the back, hmm. and uh, I was getting a demo of their production mixer. And they were showing how they could matrix their channels using a touch screen where you could see, like, for instance, if you were, um, if you were doing an, a NASCAR race and you have all your microphones placed around the track. Well, you could, with a touch screen, you could pan, you could pan your finger around the track. Hmm. And that microphone will come up and go down. It was just really like amazing. the faders, exactly oh, the faders. So like, so if you're watching picture, um, is, is it the PV company, the media? No, it was the, the the guys that had the truck in the back. And <laughs> <laughs> once again, my oh brother. those guys. Hold on. <laughs> We're not doing that well with names tonight, but it's okay. Because well, all of a sudden I got this topic and all this stuff just kind of yes. came out. When you talked about show control, I was like, oh man, but um, yeah. This broadcast 
sound something <laughs> or another. <laughs> right. Uh, so it sounds like there but, were some interesting things after all. Yeah, but, the, but what's amazing, you know, besides... Because, you know, when one feature hits one board, they're all going to be doing this. It's mm-hmm. just the way people are thinking about audio and controlling audio differently. The fact that, you know, you can integrate video, overlay that in video, and you put your finger where that. I mean, for sports, that's just going to be amazing. It's yeah. going to be amazing how you're going to be able to, to track that. Yeah, it that. sounds like a good idea. It's practical to use and everything. Yep. Hey, one thing that, um, that I did notice is if you saw some of the prices on some of this gear, mm. um, you know, gear's still expensive. It's not cheap, you know, oh, and, yeah. and you still pay to get that sound. Especially if you buy it at an auction. Sorry. <laughs> and and that brought up a discussion I had um, <laughs> at work when we were talking about gear. And, and basically, you know, what everybody... The reason why gear costs as much as it does, not only the practical cost of the manufacturing and development, but, you know, basically when you buy gear, you're paying for the sound. I mean, that's what you're buying. I know that seems kind of simple, but... Like the S6? No, <laughs> no, no, but when you buy high-end audio gear, when you buy like a, a good compressor, you buy a good EQ and you buy a good you're, – you're, you're investing in that sound. And a lot of times people get caught up in, in functions and, and they get caught up in, in what's the functionality of this and what's the functionality of that and how many knobs and buttons does it have. It's like, you know, if you have a piece of gear and it sounds amazing and there's one button – you're going to pay for that piece of gear, you know? And I, and I just think you keep that all in perspective because if you go on the boards and you, you see where, you know, people are ripping manufacturers for the price of their gear, not, you know, and people say that about API, they say that about SSL, any of the high, you know, the high-end stuff. Um, it's like, guys, you're, you're paying for the sound. That's what it comes down Power to. Power supplies that are good are expensive to build. Transformers are expensive. Yeah. Vacuum tube technology is expensive. Expensive capacitors are expensive. Yeah. That stuff isn't like you know a, a piece of software in which you can arbitrarily duplicate it as many times as you want. It costs you nothing. I mean, yeah. It takes a lot of money to be able to build but a twenty-five twenty op amp. There's a there's a number of people out there though that I think they appreciate this because look at the look at the amount of people. Uh, not necessarily talking about preamps, although they are connected. Right. Look at the amount of people buying uh, Euro rack modules. Yeah. I mean, they build these uh, uh, racks. And they all look different because each one has uh, their own favorite mod. So they are interested in and they invest in hardware because at the end of the day, yes, there is. I mean, to me, obviously, because I uh, do software, you know, with Spectrosonics, I see the benefit of supporting both because they do complementary things. But uh, it's good to see that there's also support for analog gear because the sound, the the, the experience of working with them is uh, why losing it. I mean, why yep. just making this thing a thing of the past? You know. But I will say that if you're making analog gear, you you better. It's it's more difficult now, more so than any other time, to bring out just a boring piece of analog gear. I mean, I look at all the 500 series modules that were not at AES. Did you notice that? 500 series is not, you know, there was a couple of years ago, you go to AES, there was 500 series modules mm-hmm. all over the place. There wasn't a lot of 500 series modules. And then some of the ones that did come out, you're like, oh, that's cool, but, you know, there was nothing special about it. You know, it just was a mediocre preamp. Now, in a 500 series module, and and so if you're going to be building analog gear, you got to have a good sound because it's getting 
more and more difficult to compete with the digital guys because they're coming out with some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. You see a lot of really cool stuff happening on that end. Analog-wise, you know, the guys that are going to stick around, obviously, you know, you've got the Neves and the APIs and the SSLs and the big boys, but, you know, those little boutiques that are going to find their way, you know, that's going to be interesting to see what they come up with because it's all about, you know, the sound. That's what you pay for. You pay for the sound. Yeah. There was an engineer who... Um Bought the Pultec name, and he is now releasing Pultec EQs that are supposedly for component for component identical to, oh. you know, the Pultecs of the fifties and the sixties, and you know they're three thousand dollars for a mono channel of EQ. You know, um, I would with having something like that out there, it would be even more difficult to be a boutique manufacturer making you know Joe Blow awesome vacuum tube equalizer that's three thousand dollars. Do I buy that or do I buy the Pultec? EQ that I know that I can resell for what yeah. I paid for it. Or just buy UAD. has like several Poltec versions. Yeah. It's not really good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, y- yeah, it's them. <laughs> it's his son. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, I, I just noticed that because I, I was looking at the at the aisles and you just a lot of those little boutiques that you saw with the 500 series modules weren't there and then some of the you know there was a couple consoles that were there and you look at the console and you're like I don't know man the build quality definitely wasn't there and I mean when SSL consoles look more like the old Tascam consoles (laughs) (laughs) oh I'm sorry it's my mouth (laughs) (laughs) we can talk about that (laughs) Uh, but you know you see some of the ones and there was I was surprised how many consoles were there, like analog consoles were there, you know, and some of them looked interesting and some of them not so much. And you're like, boy, you better sound phenomenal because there's a lot of cool stuff out there, especially talking about those converters that we were, you know, that Plus24 distributes, Mm -hmm. which is the DAD converters, which you can have with all the MADI, Dante, all the interfaces, you could have up to like a couple hundred outputs out of a two-space little unit with all the cards that you can buy to put in the back. It's ridiculous, you know, and they sound phenomenal. Especially with um, with all the new... Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it had all the new stuff in it, though. Uh, DAD converters sound really great. Especially the great sound of DAD converters. Especially the new converters from DAD. Anyhow, <laughs> move, 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 moving forward. So AES, I thought it was a really great show. There was some really cool stuff. You know, go. You can go on the internet and you can find all kinds of places where um, you can read about some of the cool new gear that's there, um, and you can read about the new speakers that um, Scott did not buy from. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I will say though that I think that the you know having just done a massive speaker shootout. Um, I think the level of speakers that are coming out from everybody is pretty mind-boggling. Even the small little Jennies, there was the M40s, the M20s, whatever, those little two. They sounded great, I mean, for what they are. And, and uh, even JBL's 308s and 306s, they sound really, the imaging's really great. So the spectrum of being able to get transducer technology, whether it's microphones or speakers, have, have advanced so far. Right. And and you can get great stuff for uh actually not a lot of money. Yeah. Um that it's it's mind boggling. But I know I spent a lot of money, right? I was gonna say how much are barefoots? They're still kind of expensive, aren't they? You know, I yeah, I, th- I think you know what happens I think is that when you hear good speakers, 
um, they sound good, but you hear the speaker, you hear the size. It's almost like when you're a guitar player and you get a 112-inch amp. Right. You hear the cabinet, you hear the speaker. What's interesting is as you get into the bigger speakers, you stop hearing the cabinet. You stop hearing the size. Then it just starts becoming all the sound in the room. And it's able to put out enough, not even just SPL, but coverage, that all of a sudden it sounds more like somebody's in the room with you and less like it's coming from a speaker that is 12 inches high. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the whole experience, it's, yeah, you cannot quantify it in terms of volume. Uh, it just no. changes. And, 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 the speaker, and the speakers above my, I bought, you know, top of the line, but not the top. And there's another set, which tend to be about 10,000 per speaker. And it's a lot of money, but you know what? I heard uh, a set of speakers uh, from Dyne, the M-Series, and if you close your eyes, you feel like you can touch the acoustic guitar player. And they have octave drops that for the timpani and the symphony that goes in. Right. And it's just beautiful. It's round. The rooms, it changes your room to the room that that was recorded into. Right. And it's, you know, it's amazing. Well, you know, speakers are still personal anyhow, though. I mean, it's like... What sounds good to you, Scott, may sound like garbage to Rob over here, and and vice versa. Actually, it doesn't. Cause I, think, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually pick the speakers that you picked. I like them. Uh, but but uh, you know, it's it's pers- I mean, what is it? Andrew mixes on Tenoys, right? Mm-hmm. He's a you know, and there's people that. <laughs> Eat to noise, you know? <laughs> the but, most important thing is that you know your speakers exactly. and how your stuff's going to translate to the outside world. Exactly. So that's, uh, you know, you can get caught up on specs and stuff like that, but I think, you know, it's, there's a stronger thing that you need to go into when you, when you pick uh, monitors. And- oh, yeah. I mean, I tried 15 different monitors that were all in the upper price range. I mean, it, actually, price had nothing to do with it. Um, uh, it. They weren't the most expensive, but they definitely were in, inexpensive. And it was interesting to see everybody's take nice. on a flat speaker. <laughs> oh, yeah, ours was flat. They all sound really different. <laughs> all right, well, hey, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, um, we're going to talk about a few things. But um, we will see you on the other side. You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Would you like to be a guest on the Audio Nowcast and live in the L.A. area? Email us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back to the Audio Nowcast. And uh, before the break, we were talking about the AES show and some of the products that we saw there. We were talking about speakers. Um, really quick, before we get into, uh, we're going to talk to Diego about some of the projects he's been doing, and we're going to talk about some creative miking techniques of our own. Um, i got to tell you guys, I picked up an, iP- an iPad Air 2. From Apple, <laughs> really? You <laughs> of all the people, you. We, didn't, we didn't see that coming. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but you know what? I, I, I'm going to say this, and I'm I'm only going to say this once. Go for Z- it. Okay? Zero number zero zero <laughs> zero zero. <laughs> no, I'm only going to say this once, and it. I'm, I don't even know if I can say this, but <laughs> Rob was right. Dun, okay, what does it regarding mean? Yeah, regarding about. the iPad and the tablets and making music. Because Rob's 
one of the things that you said about what's going to be one of their biggest drawbacks is how you get files in and out of the iPad. Mm-hmm. And that was one of your biggest things about it. And you know what? The iPad 2 is an amazing tablet. It's fast, it's quick, it's powerful. But getting projects in and out is a pain in the butt. It is mm-hmm. the biggest. And, what, and it's frustrating because now I'm, I'm empowered more so than ever to create some really amazing music, to do some really amazing things with the iPad. Because the speed is phenomenal. It has more memory. It's faster. But it's such a pain to get projects in and out of, you know. And I was sitting there. iCloud. <laughs> no, just, just the, the download. And just it's just... It really that's that's going to be a really big deal from it ever ever going past that that point, you know, to get to the next side because you've got the hardware now. There's no reason why, and the software is catching up. It's still not as refined, obviously, as the desktop versions of anything, but you can still work. It's definitely workable. I was showing Nick, you know, a mix that I was doing. It was great. It's fast. It's, it does you know plugins and everything. But getting your project into an iPad too, getting it and getting multiple projects in there, it's a pain in the butt. I think that Apple continues to try to pretend that an iPad is not a computer and therefore it obscures the file system from the users. But, you know, I think users are sophisticated enough to be able to work with a file system the way that they do on any yeah, other Yeah, I never thought the way you... Yeah, because when I use the iPad to make music, I, I just consider it as an instrument, like an, yeah. like an external synth. Yeah. Right. I absolutely. do some stuff on it, right. record it. Absolutely, and, and but you know it. what? It doesn't yeah. have to be. You can absolutely, with Aria, you can mix on it. With Cubasis, you can work on it. But getting your projects in and getting your projects out is such a pain in the butt. Mm. It is. And each little... Each system... I mean, each um, program has its own little system. You know, it's not like you can dump all your files in one place and then pull from well, it. Apple does that on purpose to sequester applications from each other right. just for security and ease right. of use. And unless they ever decide to open it up, there's just nothing you can do. I, and I also think that, you know, I think from Apple's perspective, it started with the MP3 player or their, you know, oh God, it's been so long. iPod. IPod. The iPod. So what they've done is they've evolved... <laughs> the iPod into an iPad. Meanwhile, the laptop has always been a computer that had, and so they've got the Air laptops, and they've, one's a computer and the other one is a giant iPod. That I mean, I, cool yeah. stuff Unless they decide, I mean, it's a great media consumption device, but it's not a great media creation device. Absolutely. In, in Apple's opinion, and that's why they don't give you the professional. And I don't think you're trying for but, it to be that. No, they're doing just fine. But you know, they have Keynote on it, which you can create media. You've got your QuickTime. The camera is phenomenal on this thing. You can create media. This is a media creator. You've got these amazing But it's, it's still project. locked into being a toy. Right. It and really what, is, right. and what, sadly. What I don't understand, it's a communication device. What, what I don't understand is why doesn't... Okay, you already have... And, you know, inner app audio support, right? I mean, pretty much any audio. <laughs> they want can, the easy answer. Could um, <laughs> because this need it's very limited. No, the I know. Scope but it the... just it just seems like all they need is a place like an audio pool, some place where everybody can pull from. It's a bathroom know? device. You take it in the bathroom. <laughs> you read your magazines. You read your. But you, you know read what? your email. It's, you know. it's, it's more than that, and it's going to be more than that because the power that you have on this now, it's amazing. I got the i. You know, since I've got this new iPad, I. 
I'm using my, my MacBook less and less because I can do stuff on here that I would normally do. I can write, I can do emails, I can do all that stuff on the iPad. It's fast, it's quick, and I can do a lot more. I can go in and out of programs faster. But the thing that's going to hold it back, like I said before, is Robert's right. All right, listen, I'll, I'll take the pain out of your hands. I'll, I'll take yours, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be happy, right? Uh, <laughs> I've got this nice 286 <laughs> that I'll give you instead. Don't get me wrong. book. I think it, it becomes more apparent as it becomes more capable, and that's where my frustration is. Because, you know, right. I've been the tablet you know, uh, um, dude here, the evangelist, you know, pushing tablets, the whole thing. But when it gets this powerful and this capable and then you run into these artificial barriers and then it's just but Let's annoying. see if we talk to something that's even more practical. I mean, you've got, let's talk about Pro Tools because that's a big thing with a lot of us deal with. Wait a minute. But uh, I will say one thing. Okay, you get a Joe Cooper box which isn't even made anymore. You can't buy the panner. When you could buy the panner, it was $1,000. All of a sudden, you can use a software panner, put on that, and control Pro Tools or Spanner, and you're done. Now, all of a sudden, for $300... You've got a multi-channel panner. You know, most people don't think of it. Just buy, buy that's cheaper to buy that than it is to buy a hardware panner that you know the, was with the D command with the Joku box. Why the S6 doesn't even have a panner yet? Right. So grab your iPad for three hundred dollars. Yeah. And you got a panner done. And you get and a fantastic by the way, porn consumption. Yes, and yes. <laughs> so it is interesting in ways to be able to do things like that. Oh no, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's useful. You're still going to use it. I'm still going to use it. I'm mixing some stuff on it, but it's and, they got to figure that part and out. And you know, one thing, nothing. A lot of composers that are using uh, friends of mine, they're now using it with. Uh, I've got the program. Basically, it sets up all their synths. They hit one button, boom, there's the strings, there's the orchestra, and they've got two iPads that do nothing but control all of their rigs to set it up so they can go between any instrument they want quickly. And that's all within the iPad. Again, $300. Well, there's some great... That's pretty amazing. There's some great MIDI programs on this thing. I mean, you can get stuff that talks system exclusive, that'll send patch changes, that'll do all kinds of cool stuff that could diagnose your your MIDI problems in your studio, things like that. So, uh, you know... There's some cool stuff about it, but like I said, it's it's kind of hit a brick wall. We'll see if how people can overcome that. You know, maybe there's going to be a third sales party are app. Slowing down. I think maybe there's going to be a third party app, much like um, Audio Bus was for before Interapp Audio kind of solved that. You know, all somebody has to do is come up with an app where you can just dump your audio and everybody can feed from it, and I think that'll be a little bit better. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about that, and I know it shocked you guys that I got an iPad. <laughs> hey, um, moving on. Um, it's good to see Diego here. Diego's released some amazing videos um, on the internet, um, a training series, um, and I wanted to talk to him about it because number one, the, the the quality of the the video is amazing. The content is just is just lights out, and it's almost like getting a, a lesson from you personally. There, Diego, it's it's really cool. Well, thanks. And um, I wanted to talk about specifically mm-hmm. one of them, which was your the miking one. Yeah, that's the third one. Yeah, it's a it's it's a video where I show a lot of things that I kind of developed through the years, but I I also came up with a lot of new things specifically for the video. And um, it's called creative miking techniques, just to make sure that uh, you don't get confused and think this is about explaining uh, classic uh, microphone techniques. This is about taking microphones and using them in an interactive way to use them as instruments. Instead of just putting the microphone there, you move them around, you find a way to interact with the microphone 
and the instrument and create, you know, things that you couldn't do just by having a static uh, setting. For example, you can uh, create a lot of uh, dynamic panning. You can create a change in the, a change in the timbre. Um, you know, actually exploring the sound in a dynamic way because a lot of times you put a microphone there and that's pretty much it. Right. <laughs> but if you start moving them around, and, and so in the video I'll show different ways of, you know, attaching microphones to your fingers, to chopsticks, and then how to move them, how to basically get a lot of stuff. Uh, and, you know, the cool thing is that you can use them to process the source. So you can start with a synth. Uh, you have a synth, you wouldn't even think about using a microphone because you connect the synth to whatever you want to plug it in. But instead, if you uh, reamp the synth through a micro, um, like a, a guitar uh, amp or something else, and then you record that signal in a creative way, uh, you, you can create a larger stereo field or even a stereo field that is not even not supposed to be a stereo field, that it, but there's a lot of motion. Right. So it's, uh, it's about, you know, just go have fun with microphones. Don't be, because I remember when I started with microphones, you know, a few years ago, <laughs> I was like, okay, you have these uh, sacred objects uh, and everybody tells you that they're very delicate. So you kind of go, I don't know, is this the right position? And then you go, you know what? I just need to use them in a more active way. And then you, you really start enjoying and, and getting a lot out of them. Right. I think the motion of a microphone with the sound source is just it's such a great concept because of the fact that you can create you can create your own tails. You can mm-hmm. create your own modulation oh, yeah. by just manipulating yeah. the microphone as you're recording. Yep. And a lot of times that's stuff that you're like, man, how can I and it's like, well maybe if I do this or if I yep. pull in like this or if I pan. Even if it's a mono source. It doesn't oh, yeah. always have to be stereo. If it's yeah, mono, and if you have one microphone right. you can do, do a lot. Is there a pattern that you like that you uh, of a microphone, whether it's hypercardioid, shotgun I, I, I that gets uh, you more Cardioids work better because you know you have a you know if you use an omni uh, sure. somehow y- you capture a lot of other things at the same time. But if you use a, even a, a shotgun, you can just point it to a certain direction and get as close as you want and moving back and forth. So I would definitely say if you like it the way I do it. Just do it with a cardioid or a hypercardioid because, you know. Things that have a nice proximity yeah, effect. So you can yeah, have exactly. really, and yes. the, the proximity effect, it's used as, a, as, an, as an advantage instead of being an issue. And, and a and, filter and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for example, if you use electric mics, those mm-hmm. are all omni because they're all small and they have an omni pattern. Well, you can do a lot of things with those things because, first of all, they're, they're cheap. I mean, they're like 10 bucks. Uh, with a, already a mini preamp. So even if you destroy them, and I did destroy a few of those, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not like you're breaking a dollars $400,000 or whatever microphone. You know, you're just breaking a $10 microphone. So you can do a lot of experiments with those. And they're, uh, you know, it's a lot of... Let's, let's talk a little bit about, about contact mics mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, because not only in your, your series, but just a lot of your instruments and a lot of things that you do, you use a lot of yeah. contact mics. Yeah, the contact mics is interesting because there's a lot of excitement about it because we are always looking for a new kind of microphone. And then finally you encounter the contact microphone, you buy one, and you go, huh? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you think, well, I saw Diego's video and that's not how it sounded, you know? <laughs> And, and so you kind of get disappointed. And so in the video, I take the time to explain my guidelines. 
because uh, it's not like um, an instant uh, thing like a condenser mic. A con- condenser mic, you turn it on. I mean, you really have to put it in the wrongest of the wrong <laughs> position to, to make it sound terrible. But contact mics are easy to place in, in, a, in a position or maybe you're trying to play it in a certain way and uh, the dynamics are all off. And is there a brand that you like to use or is it make your own? Well, I have a few brands that I like. Uh, for example, I found that the K and K, the sound spots, those are particularly flexible in terms of application, and they have a, a good balance between you know the gain, the frequency response, and uh, how you can place them in different objects uh, in different situations. Uh, there are others that are more expensive. You know, you can also get uh, contact mics that are active, so they have a little bit of preamp and a little bit of EQ. Um, yeah, those are good too. They they have this uh, brand called uh, Uko. They're from for uh, for they're, they're built for drums. So they have uh, in theory a, a good response with higher dynamics uh, and uh, all kind of things. But you know, I I definitely like to go with a microphone that is a little more flexible. Right. You know, so and then when it comes to building your own, if you buy the piezo discs, okay, those have an incredible high output. Okay, because they're very small, they're very thin, and they're very hard. The, the, the more rigid is the material, the higher is the output. Uh, but obviously, if you want to go on a surface that is not flat, then you got to go with piezo film that is a, a, a flexible material, uh, and uh, you can buy them online from uh, different, uh, you know, there, there are companies that sell components. They cost maybe $3 uh, each. They're small, big. And you can solder them and and try some experiments. I did a lot of that stuff uh, with the when I was doing the music from a tree yeah. and other things because you know you want to wrap them around a, a twig, right? Or uh, yeah, so contact mics. It's another category that there's a lot to explore in there. I think one of the good things about um, having you explain it too, especially in the video, is your expectations of what each microphone can do become realistic because mm-hmm. you know you you you'll know what to expect from. You know, a contact versus you know yeah. uh, any other kind of microphone. You know, yeah. And, there's a lot of uh, when I read some of the uh, there's a lot of people talking about contact mics and uh, and there are also contact mics sold by people that make them. And I look at the product, I know what's going on. So when I read some of the comments, I go, mm, not really. I mean, it's not it's not really like that. And there's a lot of confusion because it's one of those things that you need to take the time to try it out and understand how they work. If you buy them and you put them on a guitar the way they're meant to be, it's fine. They just sound, you know, the way they were meant to sound. But if you want to use them for creative applications, you got to find the time to understand why if you put them in a certain way and if you press your finger on it, it makes a certain sound. And so how do you make that thing happen? Right. And so there's a lot a lot of things uh that it's useful to know. You know. But it's great when you start thinking about, and this is just in microphones in general, but especially like contact, you start thinking the bigger picture of how audio is moving through the air. Oh, it's yeah. moving, how, it's, how well, the vibrations are affecting. <laughs> because this is, it, it goes into a little more philosophical thing, but sound, and I said it in the video, happens, uh, sound is how we listen. Right. That there is no sound at the source, the source creates a vibration. There's an air movement or anything, but it's our brain that turns that physical event into 
a sound that is a psychoacoustic event. So microphones are tools. They don't make sound. You make sound. Your brain hears sounds. Microphones are just a bridge to allow you to get to that point. Wow, that is deep. <laughs> and, and I know it sounds like it's one of those philosophical things, but it's actually true. You know? So the, when the tree does fall in the forest... There is no sound if nobody's there. If there is no living organism... Seriously, if, if there's no living organism that can detect that uh, movement right, right. And, tr- and, tr- and turn it into... And if I think that you no, call it's, sound. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's cool is, especially when you start thinking of sound like mm-hmm. the way you think and the way you're teaching, you start thinking about. Um, I started thinking about bioacoustical footprints mm-hmm. of just the planet itself. How that's the theory, you know, that no two places sound alike. Yes, you know? because you are not even in those places the same. Right. The, the, the fact that air. Have you noticed that when it's uh, windy outside? Everything changes, right? Because the pressure of the air carries sound in a different way, right? And that, and to me, that's like you know, you're you're capturing the footprint of that spot at that moment, yeah. And it's and it's it's only going to be it's only going to be well, it's only going to sound like that yeah. that time. Also, because you, you know? heard it that way in that moment. We we all do this. We listen differently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we all we do bring it. context and memory to exactly. what it is that we're experiencing exactly. at a given moment. I mean, when I when, when I've had a couple of people like. Listening to the same speakers, right? And everyone will make a comment, and I'll be like, "What? What are you listening to?" Oh, I'm listening. I listen high end. I listen to imaging. I listen to low end response, and even and and just everybody hears a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah. That's like when you you know when you listen to music. Like when I listen to music, I do not hear the lyrics. I I just I've never heard the lyrics. <laughs> I, I hear the music, but the lyrics will go in and, yeah. and go out. And I, I just won't pay attention. You know. Whereas I've been with people. That's all they hear is the lyrics, and right. they they don't they don't listen to the music. And like, yeah, it's a great guitar riff. What guitar riff? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, it's right. like people just perceive things differently, yeah. you know, yeah. and they perceive Ooh. sound differently. And that's what's so amazing about getting to work in the world of audio is you get to play with all these really cool things, and you get to do all these really cool techniques, and you're creating your own little instance. Yeah, I mean, the, the the kind of the spirit behind my series is. You know, when you hear, I actually, there's a, I saw someone posting something about a book that talks about the effect that sound has on eating uh, or doing a certain activity. And this is interesting, but, you know, we talk about this, what well, kind of the effect of sound on us. Well, it's actually the opposite is the sound, the effect that we have on sound, especially as a sound designer. There is no reality. <laughs> you create whatever reality you decide to be. I mean, this is something that every of you guys, whenever you do a film or you work on a project, there is a reason why you pick that specific background noise, that specific noise, because it's not like, oh, I have to stick to reality. What reality? Sure. You are making it. So, you know, what, one of the things I've noticed as a sound designer, uh, I have my vocabulary, which I'm used to, of what things should, or I've been brought up to hear things as, whether it's Looney Tunes, cartoons, exactly. all the way to you know the Hollywood Punch. But what I found interesting is watching my son's ten, hmm. watching him grow with no vocabulary, hmm. and finding out what, as animals, mm-hmm. makes us nervous, what makes us happy, because there's no vocabulary. There's an, it's a it's a clean slate, but. My son is very sensitive to the sound. Yeah, guess why? Guess why? (laughs) But, you know, like, he'd go, Dad, I'm I'm really scared. And I'm like, 
we're watching something, and I'm like, you, we, we, we haven't seen anything yet. Right. A lot of times it's the music. A lot of times it's the sound. He used to run out of the room just by sound. Yeah. So there were things that he heard instinctually. Yeah. In, in an animalistic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That made him react. Yeah. So it is fascinating to the psychology of audio, as to with somebody who hasn't been brought up in a certain way. How do they react? Yeah. It's so interesting you say this, Scott. I had a similar thing with my son a couple of weekends, or, or like last weekend, actually. We went to the pumpkin patch, and he's three. He doesn't have, like you're saying, he has no yeah. context you know, for this. And they had like this little haunted house set up at the back. And as we walked up to it, you could hear the soundtrack of you know, these moans and chains and yeah. stuff. And you know, with no context, no context for it, those are just sounds. But he knew instinct- instinctually somehow. And he was like, ah, and he ran the other way. He was afraid of that. It's amazing how they, how they just you naturally get that. So there's you know, an animal. Yeah. Just, yeah. To, just to build upon that and to have another son story. My son's autistic and he's uber sensitive to sound. And, and one of the things that we've had to do is um, we've brought earplugs because sometimes when we go to crowded places or if we go to big events and things get a little too intense, um, it's amazing how just putting earplugs in his ears calms him down yeah. and, and keeps him going. I mean, I and understand then, this very well because the majority of people, like you said, when you're listening to a piece of music, you might just hear the, the lyrics or everything. But sound is insanely pervasive and yeah. in, incredibly powerful. Just that a lot of people, they don't think they are affected, but we are. I mean, even when you live in traffic, you know, this is just something that I want to bring up because, you know, when you hear at 7 a.m. or 7.30 a.m. the lawnmowers yeah. or, or, or the leaf blowers, who in their sane mind allowed that? I mean, it's like, it's, <laughs> seriously, it, it, to me, is the equivalent, equivalent of having lunch and looking at someone dumping a, 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 a septic tank. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the kind of, visually. Yeah. But I think as you get older, people learn to stop listening. Yeah, well, people not go, for some designers. I mean, not, it gets people, worse and worse. <laughs> but people go to me, do you hear any better? And I said, no, I listen better. Yeah, well... <laughs> Trust me. Difference. No, that's you know what that's that's true. I can totally. I, I hear everything. That. Like yeah. I, like if I'm really tired of working, and then we go to a restaurant, and I hear everybody talking, it's like hearing a microscope. I start hearing every conversation, exactly. and I'm like, I gotta get out of here, yeah. because it's everybody's yelling in my head, because I hear because I'm listening to everything. Yeah, but yeah, what LA I th- is so frigging crowded. But, 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 no the, but the point is that even if you're not paying attention consciously like you do, you are still affected because it's like saying, okay, there's a, a flash of light, a strobe in front of your eyes. Okay, listen, you can decide to close your eyes, but you're still going to be affected. It's still going to get to you, and sound goes through your body. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know what's fascinating though is, is, you know, having been traveling a little bit lately, it doesn't matter what country or where you're from. If you start hearing a rhythm, mm-hmm. your body starts pulsating yeah, it's, it's to like the rhythm. It's like the sound of laughter. The reason why we call mother, mama, ma. I mean, that ma syllable. Yeah. How come that it's pretty common all over the world? Yeah. You know, because there's something that is like ancestral yeah. inside us that it, 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 we just recognize it as this is the sound that evokes that kind of emotion. And, and, and consonant harmonics and dissonant harmonics. Yeah. It does affect us. I mean, everyone thought that dissonant harmonics was the sounds of the devil. Mm. You know, when like a minor second. 
right. which is dissonance. Meanwhile, consonance, people go, ooh. Right, right. Major third. Major third. Right. Barry Manilow. Yeah. <laughs> Nine inch nails. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, you know what, guys? Um, we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping this up. But uh, Diego, just thank you for putting out that that video. Well, and I, I really and is it free or is it or is it paid or how no. this does is it work? A, this is a series that I'm I'm offering this video for nine ninety nine. Yeah, you know the, the kind it. of uh, it's very condensed because I don't like uh, opening the videos like I ah, this is Diego and I'm doing blah blah blah. I just go boom. No, <laughs> this is how you do it, and I go through different examples, different techniques. It's great. It's, it's like, very good. I it, watched it today. It's, it's phenomenal. Very, very and you know what? It's it's all beef. There's no filler. It's <laughs> just hundred percent beef. And it's like getting a lesson from Diego on all the stuff that you want to know. Now, any of the stuff on the outside, you can find out. You know, once you start getting your sounds, how do you manipulate them? Well, you can use the convolution uh, <laughs> video as, a, as yeah. an example. But it's really, it's great. And I, I just want to encourage people to to check it out. It's the best uh, 10 bucks you'll ever invest in your, nice. uh, your career. Thanks. Especially Thanks, if you're a student. If you're a student, this is stuff they're not going to teach you in school I guarantee you this is the stuff and this is also the stuff that's going to help make your career you know because everybody learns pretty much the same stuff it's these little things these little nuggets that's going to separate you from the pack that's going to give you a career and how do people purchase it? Uh, they go on different there's a couple websites one where you can pay with credit card it's uh-huh. called Gumroad so you go gumroad.com slash Stocco. or if you go to my website there's, there are also links to pay with PayPal so it's pretty easy to find, yeah. you know. Nice. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something, and, and I know, Diego, you have no idea that I'm going to say this. All but, right. <laughs> but don't pirate. Spend the 10 oh, bucks. Oh, yeah, well. All right? If you're going to do it, I got to say something. I saw, I, I saw them already on pirates' websites because for, for some reason, people just have to do it. But I've seen people uh, buy it uh, anyway. I, I think I saw it on a website that, for some reason, promoted it by putting it there, and then some people buy it because they thought, "Listen, it's ten dollars, and yeah. look at the kind of stuff that I'm." Yeah. It really takes me a lot of time because it's not like I'm doing something. Right. Oh, this is just the scraps. This is premium things that I, I I invest serious time to do. Absolutely, and that's why I wanted to say, you know, because I know you guys you're tempted, but ten bucks, you know, don't go to you know fast food or you know have two less cappuccinos and you'll be able to get it. So. Just want to encourage people not to pirate it and to support Diego. And thank you, Diego, for Thanks, making thank, such, thank you, Mike. such good price. Thanks, and it's great, man. We talked about sound, and, and this is just a great way. And, and it's conversations. It's things like this that really make me feel proud to be in this type of an industry because it's the manipulation of emotion and, and feeling good. And, and just it's just fun. You know? yeah. Ultimately, it's just fun. Well, hey, listen, um, before we wrap up, uh, Rob, how's, uh, how's the missus doing? The missus are continuing to burn up the world. How many, we, uh, what are you, we're about right four and a half million video views around the world. Nice. Translated into a bunch of different languages. Um, we posted that on our Facebook page, by the way. Oh, we did? Oh, yeah, yeah I knew that. That's when you yeah. went from 4 million to 4.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is yes. that what it was? <laughs> and uh, we were on Good Morning America oh, nice. last week, and we were on Univision. And actually today, uh, Andra, the drummer and the leader of the band, was on Queen Latifah, and that was a great, it was like an eight-and-a-half-minute segment. Oh, that's awesome. Completely brought Queen Latifah to tears. It was very, very cool. And... 
the response to the mirror and the mirror video has been so strong. There's now a, a plan underway to sort of bring the mirror out to everyone. And we're still keeping it under wraps, but by the next podcast, it should be widely announced. But we've come up with a pretty cool plan to bring the mirror to everyone because the response has been amazing. And people are loving the song and requesting it for the radio, and it's it's all really good. That's awesome. And you know the best thing is is just seeing Rob's enthusiasm as this thing is taken off, right? Because, I mean, we've been with you the whole, the whole way. Well, brother. yeah, it's been over two years. <laughs> it's been a long time. And to see it, you know, and you were working on it, and you were so... You know, talk about hard work. I mean, Rob was just there all the times, and you know, he'd tell us about some of the good times and some of the not so good times. And yeah, and I mean, just well, moving forward. And I skyped in from Austin a lot. I, I've been to Austin now thirty nine times for this project Jeez. in those two years, and it has been an incredible amount of time. But it was an amazing challenge to take a, a group of women who had tons of passion to do this, right? But none of them were, you know, professional skilled musicians, yeah. and, and none of them had ever done a project like this. And now the fact that they can have this pop song that people are latching onto and this amazing marketing concept with the mirror and it's not just marketing, I mean it, it's really hitting people on a on a deep level and the fact that they can now go and play live on national television and not right. have a problem with it. Yeah. I mean, two years ago I never would have thought we'd get there <laughs> that fast. But But you know it's what? Been cool. And I have to say, it, this was not, you know, Overnight, per se, because there was a lot of hard work. Because you would tell us about the rehearsals and the little stage they had set up oh, and it's stuff been like endless. that. It's, yeah. There's just been a lot of a lot of hard work, you know. But I'm glad it's paying off, man. It's, it's taken off. Thank you. It's exciting. Check out the Mrs. dot com. T h e m r s dot com. By the way, did you? Yeah, the mirror video. Yeah, people are really latching onto it. Yeah, it's really good. Well, we're you know we'll just continue to monitor, and it's it's just awesome, Rob, to see you smile. That's that's it. It's just to awesome. see him. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one behind the scenes. I think there's one picture of me on the website, and that's it. I like being behind the he's scenes. He's going to take an, an, an iPad, an inflatable Rob, and he's kind of put it on there. I will give a shout out though. My sister Lauren uh, is the marketing genius who came up and and ran the whole Mirror campaign and came up with the whole thing. Um, and she did an incredible job in putting together the video and the concept and all that stuff. Yay. She's actually in the video too. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Uh, she's one of the voices on the mirror. But yeah, shout out to Lauren. That's awesome. Nick, <laughs> how you doing? What have you been working on? Anything well, fun? Yeah, I've been going out and uh, buying a bunch of dresses because I'm going to go audition for the misses. <laughs> <laughs> And he's got amazing legs. <laughs> well, we're a big hit on Univision. Do you speak Spanish? We need somebody who speaks Spanish. Si, senor. Yeah, that's not going to Pollo loco. Yeah, that's not going to count. Well, nothing is cool as that. I'm continuing to do a ton of apps for Disney, as per usual. Nice. I've been writing a bunch of music. I've been doing a ton of orchestral music in Logic lately, oh, and nice. that's been really awesome. Wow. So I've been experimenting with you know all of the new orchestral sound libraries that are out there, and that's a that's a big, deep, expensive, awesome world. I have to say. <laughs> you know, what? we're gonna have to go back to some a show on software because I've got some software that I want to talk about mm-hmm. that. Uh, um, we've been on mixing and hardware, but we're going to go back to software. So you just remember all that stuff, and we'll uh, we will cross that. Yeah, sure. All right, you betcha. Brandon, how about you? I've been busy working on a lot of new uh, Marvel stuff and more superhero stuff. I had the opportunity to uh, sound design the these newest logo title reveals that they just released today. I believe nice. It's nice. happening at the Shield, like during the Shield show tonight. So um, that was fun. 
And, That's uh, cool. <laughs> kind of a pain in the ass, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it was very last minute. Uh, and then we had Key Art, Key Art Awards last week, which was fun. Trailer Park brought home a bunch of them. And I got one. I got I got silver for sound design for Guardians of the oh, Galaxy. Nice. Which Excellent. Was cool. So there you go. I was happy about that. Wow. And then I was, you know, I didn't get it for sound design, but I was on the team that got like several others. You got it for what? So. Nice appearance? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, one was like, Molding. you know, we won for uh, Expendables for best uh, or bronze for animatic teaser. And I did all the music for that, which was nice. fun. Nice. So, yeah, it was cool. It's, That's cool. It's cool to get some recognition for once. <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, the kind of stuff that you... Because, you know, a lot of people knows him for the sound design, but he does also music for trailer that it's pretty working, you know. That's good. It's pretty cool stuff. <laughs> thanks, Believe <Jim>. me. His, <laughs> his, oh, I, I like that, you know, the stuff that you play for me. Was, uh, well, thanks, man. Here's, you know what? You want to you hear Brandon in a trailer? He's the guy that does the music... Where it comes out of one song you've heard into another song that you've heard, and it's f- seamless. The, I do a lot of transitions. Transitions, yeah. and that some of the stuff you've done is just amazing. So, Thanks, Mike. Yeah, so that's where you know that's where you really shine. You know, <laughs> Diego. Well, you've already talked about you talked about your yeah. video. You've been working on anything else? That's yeah. Cool? I'm, I'm working on something else for the series because you know the more I progress, the the more ideas I have, and and um. I don't have really right now a limit in terms of, okay, it's going to be just this or just that. So I'm just keeping my options open, and I'm working on some new content. So I'll let you know when uh, All right. <laughs> there's something new. Absolutely. Scott. Hello. I know you've Sorry. been busy. Right? Have, Book have. of Life and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, and- I, uh, Book of Life uh, just came out, what's about two weeks old maybe. Yeah. And uh, I've got another movie opening up next week called Nightcrawler, uh, which is Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I saw the, the. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's, it's great because, you know, after Pacific Rim, I wa- really wanted three types of movies, and I've gotten two so far. One was I really wanted to go back into an animated feature. Uh, and Book of Life between Jorge and Guillermo is, is just fantastic. And I love, I love the movie, not because I worked on it, but I love the message. And I think it's just a really great movie visually. The 3D version's magnificent. Um, and it was just really fun to work on. I think Nightcrawler, you will never watch news the same way again once you see this movie. Mm. It's uh, it's dark, it's like Taxi, Taxi Driver. Right. Mm. Um, actually, taxi and Taxi Driver are two pretty different things. It's dark. Gillen Hall does an amazing job. Um, it was fun. It was kind of semi-low budget, in the, but we it was such a project we love doing so much, and I spent a lot of time recording in L.A. Hmm. in some very interesting nice. ways. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's what I could talk about right now. Awesome. How about you, Mike? Um, I just finished uh, the first episode of an uh, animated series that will really kick into gear next year, but um, Major Laser from uh, Diplo, which is really cool. It was hmm. It's a really good kind of an Adult Swim uh, Ooh, okay. animated show. Um, yeah, actually, I've seen bits and pieces in your office. It looks funny. Yeah, it's mm. it's cool. The sound design is just really fun. The music is phenomenal, and um, yeah, so it it came out on FXX um, right after the big giant Simpsons marathon Ooh. that they did. But um, that was fun. Um, did we did? Uh, I think it was a two hour block of programming that uh, that we did. And you know what? Can I just tell you this? I still get nervous. That was episode fifty of these animated series that I do, and I still get nervous when they when they 
in the air. I mean, of can, course. When like, you, what's going to happen? I, I don't know. I just, you know, they had this big party because it was a premiere, and and I couldn't go because they were going to watch it there. And I don't know. I I and I do this with everything with commercials and stuff like that. I find there's a certain sense of anxiousness that I get when I see it air or when you I you think see the film's going to get stuck in the projector I and start know. to burn in the middle. And smoke is coming. It's going to get out of sync for some reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I just I don't. Know. Scott, do you get nervous when you see your stuff? Always. On, on, I mean, I, and that's the depends on the theater I'm at because all these theater right. theaters not bad. And then someone says, "Oh, I heard it," and and they they give me some critique, and then you ask them how they heard it, and they listen to it on their laptop you know and then you know, they just want to like <laughs> you know right so you know when they heard in the theater that that the center speaker is the only speaker that works and they go I didn't hear a lot of music you know, so. <laughs> do, you, do you get nervous of the stuff that you, when you see it don't you get a little just yeah well now I'm working with a live band so I have reason to get nervous <laughs> yes. that's a little but no they've they've never let me down I mean I've I've yeah, whenever I've seen my stuff in theaters or when it's on TV, yeah, I get nervous right? just that something's going to go wrong. Although there's nothing right. you can do about nothing. it. If it does. No- and you know what? There's nothing you can do about it, and it's not going to go wrong. I know that, but no. I, I still, I just get a little, I'm, I, I get, I'm just a little anxious. And I worry about fine. things playing at the wrong level. Actually, that's my oh, thing. Yeah. Like for for no reason at all, they're going to just make it really soft. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, that it that used to happen. I mean, a really long time ago. That's a big discussion networks, right now with film because nobody plays the level anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, there's a level called 7, which is 85 dB equals 0. Right. And everybody's playing 6 dB down. Hmm. 6 dB down? Because, because of trailers. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is the theaters bring the volume down and all of a sudden, you know, uh, I asked Dolby, is anybody playing in the United States a 7? And he said, other than the Academy, No. The best is everyone's a DB and a half down, which is at six and a half. Almost everybody plays a six, and if it's a loud movie, they'll play it at five. So we're somewhere between three and six DB down. So now the question is, and we had that problem with Book of Life, because we needed to make it kid-friendly. And we had to take a lot of sub out, a lot of low end out. But we were concerned going, well, wait a minute. If we play the six DB down... It's like quiet. It's a TV really. show. It's yeah. at best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were very concerned about that. Um, for the near field mix, we actually spent more time on it. We, and, and we said, well, the, the theater mix will last, what, four weeks, six weeks? Right, right. And then the DVD or the, the near field mix will last 30 to 40 years. Yeah. Well, that's true. Well, at least in TV, we have uh, the call Mac that we all have to... Uh, we all have to... But now with Netflix, you don't have that issue anymore. I mean, do you have to, you don't have the same constraints on the high end? Now you can do it. Dyna- you can do whatever you want. Mike, what was we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago? What was the uh, the level the uh, for, the meter for calm for uh, trailers? Oh, the TASA. Yeah, the TASA at, at eighty five. That's twenty four. Yeah. Okay. But 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 TASA <laughs> TASA is a you know it's it's like an LEQ. It's uh-huh. a specific. Measurement of a specific set of frequencies that right. everybody pushes. Even you everyone know pushes the bass, right? Yeah. And and right because uh, the owner does high end, right? Hit it, yeah, and even even with TV, like it, you're supposed to be at 24, but you actually got plus or minus um, 2 dB. To like my my last thing was at 22.1. I mean, it was just <laughs> it was walking on the danger side. But yeah. so Scott, instead of turning the trailers <laughs> down, you're saying they're bringing the whole movie down. Well, actually, there's two issues they're doing is. 
Uh, I mean, it, yes, trailers were allowed. And the other part is, which is part of my business, is the movies are getting louder. Number one. Number two, they're hearing each other in different theaters. Exactly, yeah. So, because they're not building great theaters. So, especially with low end, so the way they deal with it is yeah. they just turn it down. And, you know, somebody goes, it's too loud. Can you turn it down? They turn it down. They never turn it back up. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we got to roll because uh, I know Rob's in a hurry, and um, it's been great. <laughs> Rob's in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's worth it to see you here, Well, Rob. it's good to see you guys, too. <laughs> so um, if you have any comments or questions, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. So for can Halloween, we- you should put on the rabbit outfit and carry a big clock. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. Just, you know, what were you I'm, late, I'm late for a very special day. Okay, then. So, no, what I was going to say is uh, if people could write in and tell us what they saw at AES, I'm sure we had a lot of listeners who were at AES. I'd be curious to see what people thought. I mean, I saw, I, I felt bad saying there was nothing I got all that excited about, but there really wasn't. And it's possible I mix, missed things. I, I, and each of you, I only heard, you know, one or two things from each that were interesting, which after a great trade show, everybody's buzzing about a million things. So yeah. I'd be curious if maybe we missed something, if there are things that we just have forgotten about i'd love for people to write in and tell us what they thought was cool there Alrighty, yeah see i forgot most of the stuff <laughs> <laughs> but you know what next week we'll talk about you know schlue rates <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> hey if the schlue fits <laughs> i will say one thing that did happen today yes though is we ran into a bunch of great people i know you did and i did too who are going to be awesome guests for oh us yeah on the podcast, no we're, so. we're loaded as a matter of fact well I had a guest planned for today who, you know, had a... a surprise guest who went, surprise, I'm not coming. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he couldn't make it, but he'll, he'll, he'll be coming. We're, but, yeah, we definitely have a, a good uh, roster of uh, guests. And actually, a lot of the guests are just, you know, friends that you reconnect with, you mm-hmm. know? So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. That's the great thing about it, AES being in L.A., yep. too. You get to meet all these guys. But anyhow, hey, um, really quick, I want to do a quick shout-out to... Um, Colin, who's helping us, we're earning the board today. All right, and Colin. Also, All right, Colin. If you go to audionoutcast.com, you will see our um, podcast um, website in the process of changing. Nice. Colin has taken that project under his wing and is pushing it forward. So, you know, instead of going plain Jane, we're going to go a better version of plain Jane right now. <laughs> but okay. it'll get better. Colin's doing a fantastic job. We're going to go insane Jane. <laughs> so he's going to Photoshop us. <laughs> we'll, we'll be animals like in, you know, I'll, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we can be life, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so for myself and all the guys, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Happy Halloween! Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and West Wave Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and uses Aphex's 230 Master Channel Voice Processor. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.